going to be in Philippians today. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, just going to have a couple of verses there. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to be in verse 13 and 14. But as we, uh, if you have a copy of, the, of the, the sermon notes, you'll notice the title. It says, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Now, what do I mean by that? Do you know what I mean by that? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. You know, you remember, uh, any of you see the movie City Slickers? You remember the grizzled old cowboy told the city slicker life is about one thing, and then he dies and doesn't tell him what that one thing is? Life is really about one thing, and it's so easy in our world to get so distracted. It's, uh, it's easy even um, looking up uh, Christian Bible studies on focus to get, <laughs> to get, <laughs> to get distracted. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And so that's, that's I think, is the, uh, is, is the advice that Paul gives us this morning from Philippians chapter 3. So we're going we're gonna to study uh, the way we have been all year this year. We're first going to look at the context, the larger context, and then the immediate context. Then we're going to ask ourselves the so what. So what does this say about God? So what does this say about me? And so what do, I, what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? Then we're going to look at it phrase by phrase. And then we'll look at the passage and find the comfort and the challenge from it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to build these study habits into you for your own Bible study. And that's why we've been doing it this way this year. So let's, uh, again, it's up here behind me already, but Philippians chapter 3. And we're just going to read verses 13 and 14. Starting in verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. The one thing he does. So let's first look at context. Now the larger context is is Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Now, Philippi was, uh, this is the the first church of record in Greece, the first Christian church of record in Greece. Now, Philippi was named after the father of Alexander the Great. Now, Alexander the Great was the Greek who took over the world. So they were very proud of their Greek heritage there. And then they became Roman citizens when Rome took over. And so they were were constantly, it, it was a political city. Philippi was a political city because they were constantly between their Greek heritage and their Roman citizenship. And so it's in the letter to Philippians that Paul writes that that by salvation we are citizens of heaven. And it's for that reason. It's because they, the the context that that he's writing to, they are confused about who they are. They're, They're proud of their Greek heritage, yet they're also proud Roman citizens. And so Paul writes to them in this, this letter and says that by salvation you're a citizen of heaven. And, and most of this letter is about salvation. Just prior to this, Paul talks about all that he accomplished in religion. All that he accomplished. Remember, Paul was a trained Pharisee. He had reached the pinnacle of what you could get in his religion. But then 
he met Christ. And he had to count all of that as filthy rags, as he says. He has to, has to count all of that as filthy rags because now knowing Christ is the only thing that matters. And that's really the immediate context. He's talking about salvation and about how, how that salvation is still working in him. Um, you know, the, the, the Scripture gives us salvation as I am saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. It gives us salvation that way because salvation, once you come to Christ, it's the beginning, not the end. It's the beginning of a life change that will culminate when you go home or when Christ comes back. And so salvation is presented that way, and Paul understands it that way. He talks about this salvation still working on him. It's still doing its, its, its work in him, on him, through him. So what does this say about God? Well, it says that, that God has a call on your life. God has a call on your life. This is, in my opinion, this is part of the reason some people do not want to come to Christ. Is because they want to hang on to their life. They want to hang on to, the, the, they think they have ownership now. And so as long as they, have, they think they have ownership, they don't want to give up ownership to somebody else. They don't want to give up ownership to God. But these verses clearly talk about the call of God in Christ Jesus. You have, a, you have a call of God on your life. And it says that there's a prize waiting for your obedience to the call of God on your life. There's a prize waiting for the call, for obedience to that call. And Paul, that, that's what Paul is talking about here. And it, and it says, importantly, I think, it says God forgets our past. See, we can't, we can't, forget what lies behind and reach forward to what, what's ahead if God doesn't forgive our past. So if you think, if your picture of God is that he's up there waiting for an opportunity to get you for what you did, you've got the wrong view of God. That's not who he is. We can't forget what lies behind unless God does. And he does. He forgives and he forgets. It doesn't matter who you were, it matters who you are. And so what's behind is behind us. So what does it say about us? Well, it says God's not finished with us yet. That's good news, isn't it? <laughs> God's not done with you yet. Now, I'll, I'll say again, the, uh, the scripture presents salvation as I am saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. We are in the I am being saved portion. If you have come to Christ, there's a beginning point, but you are, if you've come to Christ at some beginning point, then you are in the I am being saved part. And that part means you're growing in Christ. Paul talked about everything in his life was filthy rags compared to knowing Christ more. That, that's his focus. That's what, how he focused in. Knowing Christ was the only thing that mattered to him. Knowing Christ and answering the call on his life in Christ. So we, are, uh, we have a call on our life, every one of us, and God's not done with you yet. Now, you hear me say this all the time, but 
here's another verse that shows it. You are made on purpose with a purpose. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're here this morning listening to what God has to say out of Philippians. It's not an accident. It's not coincidence. God has a call on your life and he has a purpose for you. If you've ever wondered why, when you come to Christ, when you place your faith in Christ, why are you not immediately transported to heaven at that point? Because God has something for you to do. And you are, he still does. He's not done with you yet. He's not done working in you and he's not, not done working through you. You are made on purpose with a purpose. His purpose. That's what it says about us. He wants us to be his hands and feet somewhere. And again, it says that there's a prize waiting for us, a blessing waiting for us to be obedient to the call on our life. Now, it's, we've talked about this before. I've said it many times from this platform. But that seems to be the question everybody asks. Well, what is the call on my life? Well, I can tell you this. I, I, it is my opinion that it is found at the, at the intersection of your experiences, your talents, your skills, your, and, and the things that break your heart. Is there something in the world that, that just breaks your heart? That should not be. That should not happen. That's God working in your heart. And so it'll, it, it, your, the call on your life will be in the intersection of these things. God never wastes experience or time, ever. So what you're the experiences he has led you through, the skills and abilities and talents that he has given you, those things matter. Those things are going to, to play into the call on your life. Now, I can tell you the overall call is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is on every Christian but your specific call will be at this intersection of what breaks your heart and what experiences and talents and gifts you've been given. That's where, that, where those intersect is where your call of God probably will be. So what do we need to do? We need to forget what is behind. This is tough for human beings. This is, uh, this is tougher for some people than others, let's be honest. Some people can just forget yesterday ever happened, but some people hang on to stuff from yesterday. And I want you to notice that it doesn't say forget the sinful stuff of what's behind. It says to, to, to lay aside what's behind, everything, good and bad, success and failure. We, we tend to hang on to both of those. We tend to hang on to failure and figure that's what's keeping us from being successful now. And we hang on to success and kind of lean on it and say, well, I don't have to work so hard now because I'm going to lean on the success I had before. Laying aside what's behind us, leave what's behind you means success and failure. Everything. You know, we, uh, when we looked at Galatians 2.20, my, my favorite verse being crucified with Christ, we talked about dragging around the dead body of who you used to be and, and that slowing you down for who you are meant to be. What this says is dragging around both success and failure from your past is keeping you from being successful with God today. 
we got to leave the past in the past. And we've got to and we've got to reach forward for the goal. If God isn't done with you yet, both in you and through you, then you still have work to do. There is still breath in your lungs. You are still God still has something for you to do. It is why we were not immediately transported to heaven when we came to Christ. Because there are people he wants to reach through you. There are places he wants you to be, his hands and his feet. And we got to keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. It, it's easy to be distracted in our world. It was for them too. We, would, uh, we tend to, to think we have it worse than anybody else. But they lived in a city that was in constant turmoil over who they were, in constant turmoil between Greek and Rome, in constant, so it was political, and it was, and we can look at, at we have a 24-hour news cycle now. We can, we can get all caught up in the politics of our country, the politics of the world. We can get all caught up on stuff and not keep the main thing the main thing. So the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Now do you see what I, why I say it that way? Now do you see what I'm talking about with that? We have to keep the main thing the main thing. You know, this is, uh, this is far more difficult than it sounds on the surface. Churches even have trouble with this. Churches get involved in so many ministries because everything looks good. And they forget who they are and how God intends to reach their, the community they're in. Pastors, including this one, can easily get caught up in doing a lot of different things because, hey, I'm called to ministry. I've got I to proclaim Jesus everywhere I go. So we get caught up in ministries that, that, that aren't our calling. And, and every Christian has this problem. We get distracted either by, by good stuff or bad stuff, family stuff or, or po politics or whatever it may be. We get caught up in stuff and we lose sight of the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So let, let's, uh, let's look at this phrase by phrase. I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. Here's the thing. If Paul hasn't arrived, you haven't either. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's harsh. But if Paul hasn't arrived, you and I haven't yet either. Paul was the most successful missionary in history. He planted more churches than anybody else ever has. He reached the pinnacle of Jewish tradition. He was a Pharisee. They don't get higher than what he was. And yet, he had to leave all of that behind. He had, to, he had to understand that none of that mattered. So when Paul says, I haven't gotten a hold of it yet, you and I aren't going to get a hold of it yet. But what we are going to do is walk daily with Christ. That's what he's, when he talks about knowing Christ more, we can walk daily with Christ. Whether or not we totally get it, whether or not we totally understand, we can walk daily with Christ. God isn't done with you yet. He's not done in you, and he's not done through you. 
And he wasn't with Paul either when Paul wrote this. And I, again, you've heard me say this again and again, but I want to point out Paul had reached the pinnacle of religion and left it all for relationship. Never settle for religion when relationship is possible through Jesus Christ. Never settle for religion. But one thing I do, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's easy to be distracted by other stuff. Paul had plenty to be distracted by. We have plenty to be distracted by. But the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Stay focused on Christ. Stay focused on knowing Christ more. Forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. We cannot live backwards. I can't tell you how many times in pastoral counseling or in, in chaplain work, I, I have to repeat this. We, we do not and cannot live backwards. We have all made mistakes in our past. We have all had great successes in our past. Neither of them matter. We have to live forward. We have to live today. We have to continue to reach forward because the stuff that is behind has to be forgotten. We have to forget what's behind and reach forward to what's ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised. Now, pursue is a present active word, meaning he is in pursuit of. He is pursuing. I am pursuing. And the, and the word for goal, we get the word scope from this. You know what a scope is. Microscope, scope on a rifle, telescope. What does a telescope or a microscope or a scope do for you? It narrows your vision. It brings you into what you need to be focused on, right? And then you've usually got crosshairs, that, and the crosshairs actually bring you from a, a much smaller field of view to the center of this smaller field of view. That's what Paul's talking about. Think about, think about what, would it, what it would change in your life to have Christ there. So focused on Christ that everything else is blurry. That's the, the kind of focus Paul is talking about. That's what Paul says when he says he's pursuing this goal. He is, he is zeroed in. His field of view is, is, is much smaller, and it's very clear at the center on what he's focused on, Christ. Knowing Christ more. So have this word picture in your head. The scope, the crosshairs of a scope when you read the goal of the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. You are made on purpose with a purpose. The reason you were not immediately transported to heaven when you came to Christ is because God has something for you to do. He has a call on your life. And you will not know it if he's out of focus. He, you will not know it if the scope is here and you're looking this way. You will not know it if you can't zero in. You must, we must focus in on what Christ has for us. So what are the comfort and the challenges of this verse? I think there's a lot of comforts. First, that God has a call on your life. I know that's scary, but it's also awesome. 
Now, I say that because think about the God of heaven, the God who created everything we know, everything we see, has a specific purpose for you. Isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that kind of awesome? The God of all things has a purpose for you. He has a specific call on your life. He has put you through experiences. He has given you the heart you have for certain things. He has, he has given you the skills, the talents, the abilities, and he intends to use you in that spot. God has a call on your life. I think, I think that's a great comfort. We are not wandering aimlessly through this life. We have a call on our life. I think, uh, I think it's also uh, a comfort to know that God forgets our past. I have some things in my past I'm pretty, sh- pretty glad he for- he's forgotten. Do you? Am I speaking only for myself here? There's some stuff in my past I'm glad he's forgotten. And because he's forgotten it, I can forget it. Because he's forgiven it, I don't have to drag it around anymore. Whether it's a success or a failure, I don't drag it around anymore. We can't drag it around anymore. We have to forget what's behind, and we have to strive forward for what's ahead. It doesn't matter who you were. It matters who you are to God. And I think the challenge is simple. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Now you know what I'm talking about when I say that. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. We can't live in our past, whether it's success or failure. We have, and we have to stay focused on Christ. Not be distracted, focused, zeroed in. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads this morning. Do you need to take a step of faith toward Christ this morning? Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't know him personally. You can. You've, been, you've settled for religion when relationship is being offered. You can take a step of faith toward Christ, relationship this morning. It's as simple as a prayer. First, we acknowledge that we have sin in our life. God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've I've done things wrong, I've said things wrong, I've thought things that were wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price. That, That he is offering me a relationship with him and with God because of his finished work on the cross. So I ask you to forgive me based on his work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and and help me to focus on him. Focus on you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Let somebody know that you took a step of faith toward Christ. You, You finally see Christ through your scope. Maybe this morning... As you think about the last month, the last week, the last few days, you realize that it, it's, Christ has been out of focus. And you have been distracted by everything else. Will you take this moment to make the commitment 
to yourself and to God, that you will stay focused on Christ. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Father, that, that, you, that you understand us. You understand that we need the reminder that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Help us to stay focused on you. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.